coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you with your home improvement projects. Let us solve the do-it-yourself dilemma. If there's a project on your to-do list, pick up the phone, give us a call, 888-MONEY-PIT. We will help you find the simplest, most effective, quickest, least expensive way to get that project done. 888-666-3974. Now, about this time of year, we're all perhaps a bit exhausted having come through the holiday season and now getting our act going, getting our game faced on for the new year. And if you're feeling tired, we have got some easy DIY pick-me-up projects for your home that will help your spirit ahead in just a bit. Well, as a kid that grew up in the 80s, I will tell you that Pat Banatar totally said it best. Love is a battlefield. She knew it. And any couple that has decorated a house together will probably agree with that statement. We've got some expert advice coming up this hour on finding common ground from a therapist who specializes in solving DIY decor disputes. I think it's fascinating that this is such a common problem. There's now a therapist that specializes in it. Uh, My specialty is home improvement issues. (laughs) And with winter, we all spend a lot of time trying to stay warm. And that includes our pets. We've got step-by-step advice for safeguarding. Guarding your dog against frigid temperatures coming up. And always, we're taking your questions at 1 888 Money Pit, 888 666 3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Jim in Washington, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I've got a rear patio that's an aggregate cement. And there's a gap between uh, the edge of that that goes under our rear sliding glass door under the threshold. It's a gap of about three to four inches uh, and about maybe a foot or two in length. What can I use to kind of fill that void um, so we don't get like rain in there and insects or even rodents? So you have space between the patio and the actual patio door, like it didn't like press up against the house kind of a thing? Correct. You said it's about three or four inches deep? Yeah, the gap is, yes. The gap is. And you said it was a foot and a half wide. You threw me on that because it sounded like it's not going along the entire length of the door? Yeah, correct. It's just about maybe a third of it. So we need to figure out a way to kind of fill this in and perhaps make it blend in with the patio. What I probably would do here is, can you dig this out and make it a little bit deeper so we can get a bit more concrete in there? Uh, I could do that. Uh, it's aggregate, though, so I'm not sure how well it's going to match. Because I'm afraid if you put something in that's um, you know, not very th- uh, thick, it may crack and break up very easily. But if you were to dig that out a little bit, put a little stone in the bottom of the of the pit, and then use an epoxy patching compound and mix the concrete, mix a mix the concrete up with the epoxy products, then you're going to have something that's going to be um, less resistant to cracking and more likely to stick to the old patio. Now, in terms of coloring it, you're probably going to have to use some concrete dyes. And they come in different colors, but you may be able to dye it to get somewhat close to what you have there now. Okay, it's, it's aggregate, so how do I deal with that? So it has sort of a stone, has like a stone-like finish on top? Yes. Well, could you add aggregate to the top of the of the concrete mix? Yeah, I could try that. So there's another way to do it. This way you'll have the texture and the color as well. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Just do it all at once and let it, you know, let it set. But use the epoxy patching compound, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a concrete mix, except that it's uh, it, it's very sticky. How much do I need to cut out? How much should I fill? I mean, if, if the if the depth of that replacement section was three inches, that should be plenty. Okay, sounds good. Well, thanks for your help. All right. Good luck with that project, Jim. We'll do. Thanks. Alice in Illinois is on the line. Alice has got a hard problem. She's got hard water. How can we help you today? 
I have well water, and uh, on the well waters, I have um, iron, hardness, and manganese. And I do have uh, filters that I use with uh, salt bags. But I'm looking for something else besides those soap bags. There's another option that's an electronic option, and it's called Easy Water, E-A-S-Y-W-A-T-E-R. And essentially what Easy Water does is it installs to your main water pipe, and it sort of causes the hardness in the water to polarize in the sense that it doesn't stick to the fixtures anymore. And there's a lot of people using it now. It's been pretty effective, and it's an alternative to using a salt-based um, uh, solution for uh, for this particular water problem. They've been around for about 25 years. They seem to be a good company, do a good job. Take a look at their website at easywater.com. I know they've got a pretty good guarantee, so if you don't like it, you can send the unit back. Yes, great. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, you pull out all the stops to keep your house and family warm through the winter, but is your pet doing okay? We've got tips to keep pets safe from frigid temperatures next. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. 
AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, think you don't have time or money for a cleaner, greener house? Well, the Shackley Get Clean Kit is a terrific solution. Yeah, it features a full line of safe, chemical-free household cleaning concentrates. And Shackley cleaning products are not only safer, they're stronger than what you're going to pay more for in name-brand cleaners. Head on over to GreenMyMoneyPit.com to join the clean, green revolution and watch my video where I'll show you how Shackley can make the toughest stains disappear. Now, I've got Gary in New York on the line who's got a question about a new roof. How can we help you with that? Back in 2011, uh, down here in Binghamton, New York, we had had uh, a flood hit pretty bad. And we had thought that part of the storm that rolled through had damaged our roof. turns out that the insurance company found out that the the roof tiles weren't installed correctly. I guess they had uh, tacked them in too high and with too much... uh, PSI, I guess, with the the air hammer or whatever, and had blown through them. So we had a patch actually sliding down, um, which we paid to have fixed. Uh, it was uh, probably about three hundred fifty, four hundred bucks to have it patched. And now, a couple of years later, um, we have another patch that's very close to the original patch job that's starting to slide down as well. And I've never really looked into getting a new roof. I was kind of curious um, what you guys might have for advice for me. So Gary, the old roof is a standard asphalt shingle roof? I believe so, yeah. Because when you say tile that slid down, I think you're just saying, that you explain that the shingles slid down. Yes. So Gary, at this point, you just want to figure out the best way to replace that existing asphalt shingle roof, correct? Well, one of the questions me and my wife had been discussing is the last time we paid to have this patched, where we had the problem where a large portion was sliding down, then we paid like three fifty, four hundred bucks, and it lasted about three, four years before we saw any other problems. Um, what we're curious about is there's probably about I think it was um, we figured out about nine years left on the the life of the roof from when it was installed, and we were curious if we should just keep patching it at three, four hundred bucks a year, or at three hundred, three, four hundred bucks every couple of years, or if we should just go ahead and get a whole new roof. How long are you going to be in the house? Uh, if we win the lottery, I'm not moving unless they heckle me too much. <laughs> so you intend to be in this for most of the life of the roof, of whether it's the existing one or a new one? We're looking at staying in this house for pretty much as long as we live. Well, I mean, if it's 300 bucks and it's going to last you three or four years and you got to do it once in a while, I might be okay with patching. But I guess if I had to do that time and time again, then I would start thinking about a new roof. And if I was going to do a new roof, I would remove the old roof right down to the uh, roof sheathing and then re-roof uh, from there. It's not a good idea to, to put a second layer on top of the existing layer. 
First of all, the second layer never lasts as long because the first layer holds a lot of heat. Plus, you already got attachment problems with that first layer. So you wouldn't want to compound it by putting uh, more roofing shingles on top of that. So I guess I'd be tempted to do it once or twice, but after that, I'd, I'd be ready for a new roof. Okay. Um, I guess the other question that I had had in regards to this is um, about a year or two after we had the past job done, uh, we had had insulation uh, put into the attic, and um, that cost us a pretty penny to get done because uh, we had, uh, I think it was R30 insulation installed, and they had the sister out, the joists on the rafters and everything. And since then, we hadn't noticed any water infiltrating, but we just put up drywall inside the attic as well. Is there any way to check and see if there's water infiltration? Well, if there's water infiltration, you're going to see it, especially if you have drywall, because it's going to stain. So if you're not seeing it, then I wouldn't expect that you're getting any leakage. And um, considering we're in upstate New York, uh, do we have to worry about... Uh, the weather, like when when should we get the roof redone if we choose to do so? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a good idea to do it midwinter, obviously, but any the, any other time of the year, it's, it's fine. One of the things that you might want to consider when you do redo the roof, because you are in upstate New York, is to make sure that you have ice and water shield installed. This is an additional layer of roofing material that goes from the edge of the roof up three or four feet into the roof structure. And it's specifically designed so that if you get an ice dam where ice forms at the gutter line, uh, and then the snow above that starts to melt, that water is not going to hit the dam and back up into the house. And because you're going to pull the old shingles off, it's the perfect opportunity to do that. And you know what, Gary? Here's a tip from somebody who just had their roof redone last summer. Um, get yourself one of those nail magnets. It's like a big magnet on a stick that you kind of wander around your backyard with because I swear we still find nails in the backyard. <laughs> they show up at like the most random times and the most random places. So no matter how well your guys look, there's still going to be more. And also, if you're going to be at home at all during this project, try to get out. Because let me tell you, being in your home, I had a little guy, you know, a, a youngish baby at the time. Charlie was only like six months. It was the loudest, most unnerving thing to deal with. The sound of people on your roof and hammers. and It's like being awake during surgery. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're under attack. Like we just had to get the heck out of the house. So it's like try to make plans to not be around. All right, Gary, I hope that helps you out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, just because they have natural coats doesn't mean your pet is safe from the cold. Even dogs that love being outside can suffer the side effects of winter's frigid temperatures. Yeah, you want to give dogs an extra layer of warmth with a dog coat. Now, they're especially crucial for dogs who spend almost all of their time inside and might not have had the opportunity to naturally develop a thicker coat of fur. Now, once your dog does come inside and an extra coat comes off, you want to keep the dog warm with a heated dog bed. There are lots of affordable options out there, including heating pads that slip under an existing bed, and you can also find beds that heat up only when your dog lounges on them, which in my case would be 24-7 with my dog. Right, and you know what? I might find myself curling up on it. I'm always freezing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you find that Fido does spend most of his time outside, you want to consider outfitting his doghouse with a heater of its own. And not just any heater, though. There are options that exist for less than $100 or so, and they're designed specifically for a pet's outdoor space. So they're really thinking about your pet's safety as well. 888-666-3974. Give us a call with with your home improvement question. We know you're thinking about a project. Let us help you get it done. Marion, Missouri, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? My husband and I are trying to install 
central air in our home. It's a ranch style, and we bought the central air unit and the ductwork from a building that had been torn down. And I wondered if we could simply attach the ductwork, I and mean, then we've cut the holes in the wall in the ceiling for the vents. I wondered if we could just go ahead and attach the ductwork that was there from the previous building, or if we had to redo all the ductwork. I mean, all the vent piping. I guess the answer is maybe. And the reason is because the duct design is going to be dependent on the building. And it depends on the size of the building and the distance that the air has to travel. And if it's not done right, what will happen is you'll either create a situation where you have either too much or too little heating or cooling. And and most likely you'll have too little. And if that happens, you end up wasting actually a lot of energy energy because the system has to run a lot more to try to make the building comfortable. So I would suggest to you that insofar as the duct design is concerned, you really need to have somebody that's experienced in designing these systems lay it out for you. It's definitely not a do-it-yourself project. It's not the kind of thing that you can tackle uh, even if you're very industrious first time out because you might get it wrong. It depends a lot on the size of your building, how many windows are in your building, um, what what's where, where the building faces. I mean, there's a heat loss calculation that, that's, that's done, and then based on that, you determine how much warm or cold air you have to get to each room. So you can't necessarily sort of just completely copy what was done in an old house, older house unless it happens to be an identical house. So this is a point where... It's good that you got the equipment uh, inexpensively. You got the ductwork inexpensively. You do need to spend a little bit of money on getting it laid out properly, Mary, or you just won't be comfortable. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was what I wanted to check because we're pretty self-sufficient, but I had a feeling this might be more than we could tackle. I think that's a good idea. Mary, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we're heading out to Arizona where Rich has a foundation question. What can we do for you today? Uh, We pulled up some carpet in the back room. And upon pulling up the carpet, we discovered that we have about a one-inch crack that runs full width of the room, and it's about a 15-by-15 room. And we're wondering why that one door that we have that goes off into a spare bathroom, why it stops shutting so clean. (laughs) So when we pulled up the carpet, we discovered that, yes, we got a crack problem. And it's about one inch wide, and I want to know, and it's as deep as far as the foundation, I think, the... Uh, the slab goes, I want to know how I should fill that in or what would be the proper thing to do? Well, first of all, we want to determine if it's an active crack or not. And the fact that you had a a, a door that seemed to uh, work properly and then stop stop working properly could indicate that it's active. Do you get the sense that this crack is fresh or do you think it's something that's been there for a really long time? I think that it started out small and I think over the last 10 years it's maybe, because I've been there uh, just over 10 years and I believe that just within about the last, oh, maybe three years that the door started shutting kind of uh, stiff. Um, But anyway, I don't think it has been all that active, but I do think that it's, definitely progressed a little bit since I've moved in. So what you're going to do is clean it out and then you're going to repair it with um, a flowable urethane material is good. And with with the urethane, what you'll put in there first is a material called backer rod, which is like a, a, a one inch 
you would get like a one to one and a half inch diameter foam tube. It's called Baccarat. And you press it in there to that crack. And then you leave it about an inch below, not an inch, about a quarter of an inch below the surface. Then you fill the top of it with a flowable urethane. And that will expand and contract with the crack. Okay, that's that's exactly what I was kind of hoping. Because I don't think it's going to be... Um, um, something I'll be able to do from the outside of the house maybe to push the foundation up because on the outside, the house looks good. No, it's a one-way street. <laughs> the cracks. Yeah. And you can't patch it with more concrete because it would just crack. Yeah. So now when I do that, uh, of course, that'll take care of the, the visibility of the crack. Uh, what can I do to re-level the floor? Because it is quite evident when you're off in the hallway and you look into this room, you can definitely see there is a the, the floor isn't level from the crack over to the wall. Well, I mean, you could use, there's a product called leveling compound that you uh-huh. can pour on top of the old floor and you can work it and level the whole thing out. It, we use it a lot under tile where, you know, you can't have a, a tile floor that bends or twists or anything. Uh, but, you know, it's a pretty big job. And if you're going to put carpet down, are you really going to see it? Well, no, I'm thinking maybe I'm put a different kind of flooring down. All right, well, then maybe you want to consider it. It's just called leveling compound, and you'll you'll find it in home centers. You'll find it online. And it takes a little practice to get it to, to flow out properly. But follow the label directions. Start in a small area until you get good at it. And uh, you'll you'll find that you'll be able to level it out quite nicely. Boy, I think I've got it. I sure appreciate you. Thank you for the advice. You're very welcome, Rich. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Up next, we have a guest who's been called a cross between Dr. Phil and Martha Stewart. That would kind of be a funny-looking person, but I guarantee this person is not. Up next, we're talking with a marriage and family therapist turned design expert with tips on combining Mars and Venus decor styles to bring harmony to your household. So stick around. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. When you step into the grocery store, have you ever noticed that you can smell the cleaning products four aisles away? That's indoor air pollution, and it's exactly what happens when you take those cleaning products inside your home. Shackley's green chemical-free cleaning innovations are a better option. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, when it comes to interior design, women have traditionally been the decision makers. But that is changing according to our next guest. Krista O'Leary is the founder and CEO of Home in Harmony Lifestyle. She's also the author of Home in Harmony, Designing an Inspired Life. Krista, you say that men are becoming much more aware of their environments and want more say in the home decor that surrounds them. Is this possible? (laughs) It is. It is possible. It's so interesting. You know, I've been in business for um, a a couple decades at this point, and 
it's so fascinating. Within the last probably five to ten years, there's been this major shift of men really taking an interest in what their environment looks like. Um, so it's it's amazing and it's fabulous. Now I'm starting to get more and more clients that are men. Well, that's interesting. So we get a lot of he said, she said questions here on the Money Pit with couples trying to you know make decisions on not only design questions but structural and mechanical questions. Are you seeing that same sort of shift, sort of in reverse where the girls are asking more of those structural and mechanical questions uh, since the guys are asking the design questions these days? <laughs> I do. I think that it's one of those things, you know, roles are starting to really, really blend. And it's it's one of those things, you, you know, because we have so many roles within our own households that we have to fulfill, you know, when you're working as a team with your partner, you just have to step up to the plate and get things done because we live in a society that's so frenetic and we're moving at such a fast pace that, you know, when balls start to drop, somebody has to, you know, dive in and and start catching. Well, it's interesting because you have a unique background in marriage and family therapy. And, you know, we feel here at the Money Pit that if you can survive a major home remodel, you must have a strong marriage. (laughs) I do. Thankfully, I really do. Um, It is amazing to me because, in my belief, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And a home improvement project can really bring out either the best or the worst in a relationship. So, you know, if people have um, high expectations or their communication isn't good or, you know, there tends to be someone who does drop the ball and somebody else has to come in and do the rescuing, you see that on a magnified scale when you're doing a home improvement project. So as I always say, you know, it's really important before the project starts to sit down and have a discussion around all of this, these things and talk about, you know, putting a strategy in place. What are your expectations? How are you going to communicate? And then set boundaries around it so that, you know, this person knows that they're in charge of A and this person knows they're in charge of B and then have check-in points along the process so that the tension doesn't escalate. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I have a friend who is in the middle of a big renovation right now, and she's always asking me for tips because she says that she's sort of the doer in the family, and her husband kind of just likes to sit back and let things happen, and she wishes that he would help more. And I said, yeah, but if he had an opinion on this and you didn't like it, you'd probably never forgive him for it. And she's like, yeah, you're probably right. Communication is key. I mean, it's key in relationships. It's key when designing an interior. It's a key in renovation process. So really just defining what those expectations are is number one. And then spouses are going to have different ideas of what their ideal interior is or their ideal project is. So taking the time beforehand to figure out what those differences are and then coming together. I always recommend to my clients to put together what I call a visualization folder, and that is each person Figures, you know, comes up with, they rip pages out of magazines, print things out of Pinterest, and compile sort of an image gallery of what they love. And then the two spouses get together and they they look at all the varying styles and then they determine what they like 
together and what they don't like together. And so that really gives them sort of a, a roadmap to how to put a project together that they're both going to love. Krista O'Leary, the founder and CEO of Home in Harmony Lifestyle. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great advice. Well, thank you for having me. And if you'd like to learn more about Krista and her work, her website is KristaO'Leary.com. Well, all right. Up next, are you feeling the winter blues? We're back with a few small home improvements that can lift the spirits. Next. You live in a body pit. Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety and convenience, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, technology for the home is gaining popularity as our homes and appliances get smarter. And to make sure that we remain smart enough to cover those changes, we've just returned from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, where all of the newest technology is brought to the marketplace. Yeah, like the science behind 3D printers, which I think is the coolest new technology out there. Um, Dremel actually has a new 3D printer that uses plant-based filaments that are both recyclable and renewable. And it comes with software so that you can actually turn your imagination into a 3D reality. I mean, imagine holding a model of your new kitchen design in your hands so you can actually feel what the space is like and get a sense of it. It's so cool. It's amazing what you can do with the technology. And we're going to feature our top picks from the Consumer Electronics Show on MoneyPit.com in the coming weeks. So check it out. Jimmy, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to your show, and uh, a person called in and, and had paneling in their den, and they wanted to paint it. And uh, I missed the first part of it. <laughs> okay. uh, I have paneling in my den. It's uh, it's red oak paneling. Okay. And my wife my wife been wanting to paint this stuff forever, but you, you said you had to use a primer. I got that part of it, to, yep. you know, in a good quality paint. But I think you said you had to sand the paneling first. Is that correct? Well, only sort of lightly sand it. We'd like you to rough up the surface just a little bit because it tends to be fairly glossy, as you know. And so, yeah, if you if you rough up the surface just a bit with some sandpaper and then you apply a good quality primer and a good quality paint, you're going to get the best outcome in terms of that project. Okay, because she cleans this paneling every year and she uses an oil-based cleaner to clean it. Well, Okay, so on top of that, then I'm also going to suggest that you wash it down with TSP, trisodium phosphate. So I would give it a sanding, and then I would wash it down with a mixture of TSP, which you'll find at uh, home and hardware stores, usually in the paint aisle. And this way you'll, you'll clean it of all that oily uh, debris that may still be on the surface that could impede the ability of the primer to stick properly. Okay, so I don't know what TSP is. What is that? It's trisodium phosphate. It's a it's a essentially a detergent. It comes in a powder, and you mix it up with water. It's uh it, it it's very soapy, but you wash it down with that, uh, rinse it off, and you're good to go. All right, I appreciate it. Okay, Jim, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
Well, the days are shorter and colder, which for many people brings on a case of the blues. But here's a reason to smile. Studies show that a few easy changes to your living space can spruce up your home and lift your spirits. For starters, turn on the lights. It sounds simple, but improved lighting can make you feel better, especially this time of year when darkness sets in so early. Now, it's also a good time of year for additional lighting. So think about adding a few extra lamps or sconces. They can really make a big difference in your space. Yeah, you might also want to consider planting an indoor garden. You can have colorful flowers or herbs. They can really go a long way toward reminding you of spring and also kind of reminding you that spring is not so far away. (laughs) You just want to make sure that you choose a location in your home that gets plenty of sunlight since most vegetables need as much as six hours of direct sunlight each day so that they'll grow and thrive. And a pick-me-up for your front entryway can raise your spirits before you even step inside. Polishing hardware or swapping out a doormat are small changes that can go a long way and new paint or a new door altogether can bring even more freshness to that spot and finally don't forget to please the most powerful of all your senses your sense of smell citrus scents are known to energize and rejuvenate and jasmine and grapefruit can actually ease depression and sadness you want to use oils incense or candles and that'll really add the aroma that you're looking for to sort of rejuvenate your spirits and your living space more great ideas to spruce up for winter online right now at moneypit.com. Laura in Pennsylvania needs some help with a lighting question. What can we do for you? Oh, well, my son gave me some compact fluorescent bulbs because he didn't like them. Okay. And I had never used them before, and I thought, well, I'll put them in my little lights that I use with timers, only they all blow out. There's no reason you can't, there's no reason you can't use a compact fluorescent bulb in, a, in an outlet that has a timer. I mean, a timer simply... It automatically turns the light switch on or off, so that shouldn't have an effect on uh, on damaging the bulb. Yes, that's what I thought. And I have incandescent bulbs in them now, and they work just fine. Well, maybe he gave you some bum uh, bum compact fluorescents. I don't know, but it's kind of an odd thing for it to happen. Too compact fluorescents work really well in in most fixtures that take incandescence. In fact, you can even have them work well in uh, fixtures that are controlled by dimmers. Uh, there are special dimmers today that are that are designed to work with compact fluorescence and with LEDs, where you can adjust the range of the dim, dimming so that it it doesn't ever flicker or go out. So compact fluorescent bulbs are are a great option. I don't know why they're not working for you, but the timer shouldn't have anything to do with it. Okay, well maybe I'll try them again. Or I have two left, or I'll try you know buy some. Maybe he has an off-brand or something like that. I don't know. Because they should last a really long time, right? They should. And you know what I like better than compact fluorescents are the LED bulbs. Take a look at the Philips LED bulbs. These are... They're very distinctive. They're yellow. They look like bug lights, but they have a very pleasant white light that comes off of them. And uh, they're going to be more expensive than compact fluorescents, but they last like forever. And they're super energy efficient. Okay. I will be happy to. That's a really good idea. Thank you. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Patrick in Florida, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? We've got a probably a 20 or uh, 15 or 20,000 gallon pool above ground. Okay? okay. So that's a lot of weight. Since I have put in three shallow wells uh, and... With a one horsepower pump, okay, that draws for my sprinkler system. We have a standard lot; it's probably eighty by one hundred and twenty-five. And I'm getting some sagging, or not a, not some sagging. I'm getting a decent amount of sagging on the uh, 
the pool fence. So am I sucking too much water out and then the weight is pushing it down? Or what do you think? The water shouldn't impact the the fence. If the fence is settling, I don't think it's because you're pulling water out from under it. Usually if you get a lot of settlement, it's because of the grade of the land. If there's a lot of water sitting in there, like from rainfall, and you have weight on top of that, then that will disturb the soil. It makes the soil weaker, and then things shift. Okay. So I don't know if it's, if you can connect the well with the movement of the fence. Just the fence that's moving? Yeah, it's pulling away from the main post. It's- yeah, it's it's probably just a little bit of settlement in that area. Um, you know, uh, pulling away from the post like that is not that terribly unusual. Okay. And so... Um, I wouldn't attribute that to uh, some some shifting of ground underneath. Okay, so you don't think I'm sucking too much water out of the out of the water table, and then now it it needs to go somewhere. I don't know what you're taking out of the water table, Patrick, but I know it's not likely to cause the fence to move. Thank you so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, are you looking to add a little character to your living space? Well, outdated furniture can be upcycled and become your favorite piece once again. We'll have tips on that project next. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Are you spending too much time online? Well, make it count. Visit MoneyPit.com for advice on projects in and around your home. Then like us on Facebook for even more tips, more prizes, and more behind the scenes with me and Leslie. It's easy. Just head to facebook.com slash the money pit and click like. All right. And while you're online, post your question, just like Jim in Ohio did, who wrote, my attic currently has blown in fiberglass insulation about five to six inches deep and is ventilated with soffit vents and an attic fan. I'd like to remove the fiberglass insulation and replace it with spray and foam. Is it okay to apply the spray and foam in the ceiling joists? And if so, does any wiring or ductwork or electrical boxes have to be protected from the foam? That's a great question and actually a project that I just completed last spring. So the answer is that first of all, you can leave the fiberglass at the attic floor level. There's no reason to remove it. And then what you can do is you can blow the spray foam insulation, and we use isonine, up into the rafters. Uh, in terms of the loose ductwork, that sort of thing, what I did is I went up and I secured all that stuff. We had a lot of sort of sloppy cable wiring and that kind of thing that we tidied up and made sure everything was nice and neat and secure. Then we were able to essentially encase it in the spray foam. We blocked out around the smoke detectors and that sort of thing. Of course, funny story, the smoke detector actually went off while we were spraying because it generated heat as it cured. <laughs> But it was solved. It's done. The house has been super warm ever since. All right, Jim. I hope that helps with your project. Well, are you about to throw out at old chair or dresser? Well, not so fast. Leslie has tips for bringing new life to old furniture in this edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover. Well, you shouldn't do it with furniture either. You know, furniture refinishing and upholstery are really do-it-yourself projects that can create statement pieces out of furniture that's old and maybe weathered or that once sort of faded into the background in your home. So first off, you really want to assess the piece of furniture that you want to refinish because different materials are going to require different treatments. Now, the better the original material, the better the ultimate results. So unless you've got a piece of furniture that's chipped or really loaded with layers of old paint, 
You can refinish it by just starting with a simple sanding or a simple stripping agent to get some of that off so you can get to a surface where you can actually work with and apply a new finish to. If you find that the piece is just too large or just really in disrepair, you want to find a furniture refurbisher or an upholsterer depending on that type of piece. Now, if you're looking for somebody who's in the professional end of that, what I would recommend is if you find a local decorator or a local furniture store that sells pieces that are a little bit more unique than sort of a big box furniture store in your area and ask them who they use for their upholstery services or their furniture refinishing services. And that's a really good way. I know whenever I was looking for somebody in my industry that was sort of specialized in a certain detail, I would ask at the fabric showrooms because they always seem to know and we all sort of share information together, which is a great way to find out. If, however, you're doing dining chairs, those are the most simple. Those really you can do yourself. The upholstery, that little piece of the seat comes out with four screws. You staple new fabric on as long as everything's in good shape. Refinish the wood itself while you're working on the fabric and then put it all back together. They're all confidence builders. Judge by what you can do yourself and don't be afraid to try something new. You'll be so happy with that new finished piece. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, could your home use a little more character? Coming up, we're going to teach you how to incorporate reclaimed lumber into your living space. It's not as tough as you think, and it can be a fabulous project to really spruce up your space. We'll have all the details on the next edition of the money pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Money Pit.